This podcast is brought to you by the Benny Mac Network. Check out www.facebook.com slash the Benny Mac Network. Uh, right. <clears throat> Levels all good? <clears throat> Sounds all right to me. You gotta go, oh, oh, <laughs> gargle oh. some water. <laughs> <laughs> Unique New York. Unique New York. <laughs> Right, so I'm sat here with, uh, I don't know, do I agree Sam Freak Zone Games better? Or just Sam Beddows? Sam Beddows Freak Zone Games the business. Yeah. you want to do a plug of your website and get it out of the way now? Yeah, sure. Just go to uh, freakzonegames.com. That's F-R-E-A-K-Z-O-N-E. Uh, freakzonegames.com. I'll get at freakzonegames on Twitter, because I love Twitter. Yeah. You're like a minor celebrity to me, to be totally honest. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> it's, 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 it's cool, you know, like, on, on Twitter and everything, you get a few people that look at you like that when you make something that they really like. You know, like, at SGC, as like a sort of ninja celebrity, as in, like... Um, you, you recording this? Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, like you, I was like sort of ninja, because like, everybody goes, "Oh my god, it's the angry video game nerd!" Oh my god, it's John Tron or whatever. And uh, then just every now and then, people find out that I made angry video game nerd adventures, and like, whoa! But you don't have to worry about it. people going, "Ah, it's you." Yeah. So uh, this is the this is my new podcast. The second episode this week, so this is going to be this is fantastic for me. It's only the second episode in, so this <laughs> could be downhill from now, guys. So <laughs> good start, man. Um, Keep them interested. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> we'll, see how it goes. we'll see how it goes. Start off good, and it'll get rubbish. Subscribe now, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, I know Sam from. Way we were talk- just talking before we hit the record button. To be totally honest, mm. uh, me and Sam actually went to school together. And how things have progressed in time. I now do podcasts, or you know, now moved on to a new section of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we were talking probably last year before I had I had the idea for this podcast, but I hadn't quite got it already. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like talking, oh, you know, all the usual stuff. Yeah, just like Facebook chat, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, and I think I posted like an AVGN video, and you like, yeah, angry video game. Very, uh, in my head, it was very sort of. You do know I, I the game for him, thing. right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was like a. Um, a trailer for the movie or something. That would be it, uh, yeah. And I, well, I didn't intend for it to sound like that tone. It was more like, hey, you know what? You know, I made the game for that, right? You know, I can talk to the guy for like, you or whatever. Instantly, I went to a fanboy and went, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> to be totally honest. Um, uh, that's cool. right, for it's those good to know that you were a fan of this stuff. Oh, Sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I was just going to say for the guys now, because I've got sort of like a, an audience sort of set down now, I'm hoping to broaden the audience even more so some of these guys are like, who Sam Bellows, what's Freak Zone Games? Go and look up now where you listen to this, you know, well, far off in the future. You we'll, know. A, we'll go through it as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're going to be talking about it, definitely. But um, so, so for those who don't know, Sam makes your game developer, yep. essentially. That's your uh, design title, development. Which, and, yeah. Which is fantastic, which is, you know, I, I uh, had a bit of a mess around with Game Maker about two years ago and I'm like this is okay <laughs> I kind of get it but now I understand you do code and everything so yeah I mean I was like... doing something similar to Game Maker originally but then I, yeah, I sort of graduated so to speak to, uh, to, to C Sharp and Unity um, but yeah it's but it's uh, that's what I got a lot of the time in the early days we'd go how do you make a game what do you use I can use that software and it's uh, 
it's about the design as well as the development, you know, and that's yeah. the hardest part. You can learn to code, but designing games, there's whole videos about it on the internet, and you think about, whoa, so much thought went into the first <laughs> stage of Super Mario Bros. I didn't realize, you know. Uh, I, was, I made one for, like, a, a thing, and it was just um, more of a case of, I mean, I didn't have to design any of the characters or anything, and it was just a very, very, ba- I say characters, it was a bomb which you clicked on <laughs> to be turned in a wall, and I'd change a few things and make it bounce off the walls, and you'd have to catch it, basically. Very basic. For me, that was quite, like, well, I actually made that. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what you do. You know, you, you make things move around the screen, to, you know, to begin with and stuff. And it's like, hey, I, I know how to do that. And then you go from there, you know. You don't really, uh, you don't run before you can walk, you know. <laughs> I can barely do that now to be totally honest with my knees. <laughs> um, so, well, we went to school together. I do remember you being a nerd. <laughs> if you want to go there, you said it. I didn't say it. I'm, going I'm quite proud. Okay. Quite proudly. Because it was probably called. Cool I wasn't proud school. at the time, man. I, uh, I, I, I feel like I'd be a lot further in what I'm doing now if I hadn't uh, run away from it in school. Yeah, I did notice. I looking on your bio, what you were just talking about before. I don't say where mm-hmm. it is, but there was a, like a you kind of left school. I think roughly the same time as I did. Yeah, and then there was a big gap between when you actually sort of started the college sort of aspect. That's right. Of yeah, it. yeah. So, you know, like you said, you'd be further along, but you know, you are where you are now. And to be fair, yeah. I'm in your pad now, which is thank you very much for inviting me here. <laughs> no worries. A nice pad, man. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. You get some good parties going on here, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, missus would love that. Yeah, just don't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> so, the I'm sure one of my questions. I don't know really know. There's several ways of asking, I suppose, but like I suppose the simplest way would be. Um, I want to say what was your first console and what was the first game you played. Now, in my in my experience, it tended to be my I think my first game experience was probably at a friend's house. So mm. you know, the, the game might be different from the console. Yeah, 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 you know. But what kind of I don't know. Was it early on you went I want to make these games, or were you just kind of hooked by the gaming? Oh, games changed a hell of a lot since we were younger. So, but I actually yeah, specialised in designing games which are a bit more like <laughs> how are, they were when we were exactly, younger. I mean, yeah. it's retro, yeah. Um, Manos and <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting um, because so my dad was a gamekeeper. I mean, he used to rear pheasants. You know, for the shoot and all that, for some rich guy. Some people are confused. Now, GameCube, they think he had games. Yeah, he didn't keep video games. <laughs> that would have been nice, though. But, uh, you know, as in rearing game birds, you know, for, for, for the posh people and everything like that. And uh, so it was a it was a great job, you know. He liked it, but um, he didn't pay very well, you know, for, yeah. by, the, by the standards of, of that time. And uh, I think, you know, when I was a kid, my mum my was a stay-at-home mum, so we didn't have very much money. And so uh, for video games... Um, he had a friend who would have these. Remember these uh, home computers, the these sort of British home computers, like the BBC Micro and the, the BBC Commodore. with a big ass floppy disk. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the yeah, Commodore sixty four and all of that stuff. And what he would do is when he would, when he had upgraded to a new one, he'd pass the old one down to my dad, who would then give it to me. I, so I, I, I can see where this is going. Yeah, I have on. one called an Acorn Electron. Oh my god! Yeah, yes, I a, do remember being my first like. Uh, like your infant sort of style when you get to sort of that proper sort of curriculum level. Yeah. They had the BBCs there and I think yeah, that's right. they, had the, they had like the Windows 3.1. So that's yeah. <laughs> Well, this was um, before even, you know, the Windows, this, this sort of thing was because it was, it was just, a, you know, a cursor on the screen and you would type. Yeah. And that was pretty much it, you know, you'd type in basic. You know, if you wanted to play a game, you have to get a cassette and you'd oh. put the cassette into a little tape deck, you know, and then you would uh, you would type on the screen load and then two um, you know to two inverted commas yeah that's it and hit enter 
and then you'd have to press play on the tape deck and it would make the worst noise just you know just for about what about five minutes it wasn't the Guns N' Roses TV yeah for about twice the amount of time you wanted to play the game for it would do that and it wasn't uh, Guns N' Roses more along the lines of a dubstep dubstep yeah so I was trying to think of something that was I like like Guns N' Roses but I was trying to think of something that was like kind of I know what you mean yeah it kind of sounds like Axl Rose (laughs) (laughs) speed up a little bit but um it, uh, yeah, and so you, yeah, you'd, uh, that would load for about twice the amount of time you wanted to play the game for, and then you'd get like, arcade clones, you know, like Snapper instead of Pac-Man or, uh, Pac-Man. or Zany Kong. Pac-Man. Uh, Pac-Man, I think. I don't know which Atari it was. It's quite funny. You show me that like remake oh, of the Wild yeah. yeah. But like the actual, I don't know, it was well, that big. <laughs> That's helpful on podcasts, I know. Yeah, but, you know <laughs> but um Play, I think I'm yeah, twenty six hundred. I yeah, I think friend had one of those. I think it was a twenty six hundred. I could be, you know, there was quite a few models of it. So yeah, twenty six hundred was the first, and then they basically just upped the uh, the power of the things. Yeah. And released the same games again most of the time. So, oh, it's yeah. Pac Man again, but more high def. Well, the Pac Man that I played the very first time, I owned Pac Man's Pac Man, but it was, I remember it more distinctly because the character had like. One of those hats with like a bloody helicopter thing on it. That's one. That's where I remember. I don't know how to. If so when you moved, you could see this thing so so called spinning. I use the term loosely on Atari because yes. there was more imagination in it than there was yeah, yeah. graphic. It's like oh, that yellow square is Batman. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Games are infancy in their times. Yeah. Really. But hey, it's uh, the thing about that is it's uh, it's pure gameplay. You know, if you don't have flashy graphics, then you got to impress people with something else, and that's your, your gameplay. You know, it's like a if you haven't got any budget for a movie, you, you got to impress everybody with your story, right? And that Dialogue usually makes for better yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. So games are, you know, there's a lot of great games out there that can't impress you with the graphics because they've got to have good gameplay. Yeah. That's my philosophy on I'm, that. I'm, anyway. I'm not disagreeing with you. But I had a uh, yeah, Acorn Electron, basically same as a Sinclair Spectrum, same thing, pretty much, just different brand and all that. And um, uh, you'd load the games off the tape, or you would. Uh, there'd be these books, and it would have games written in the books in code, in basic. And you'd have to type up the code from the book, and then save it to a cassette. And so, you know, and then it went on from that, and there was a book on actually how to. to so essentially, to, you were learning to code from like yeah, almost from well, as soon as you start playing games. Years old, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, pretty much was doing that. So it'd be like, oh, I don't like that about that game. So then look at how to change it. Yeah. in the book <laughs> um, but so yeah my first console I suppose that's a computer not a console is the Acorn but then I sort of graduated from that to the NES NES and I loved that thing uh, you know here in England the NES struggled because I don't know if you know this but Mattel actually um, bought the NES here so Nintendo didn't actually um there was a weird sort of yeah. lag because it was like out in the States and or Japan then the States then it was like two year gap I think before it even came over to yeah. Europe so well, what happened was that Nintendo let Mattel handle the distribution here and the manufacturing and they screwed it up I mean Mattel they made them cheaper they, they, they made them for cheaper they made them pretty bad quality and they sold them they thought <laughs> hey what would be a great idea sell it as a premium product so they hiked the prices right up so here and it's, I mean, it's a lasting effect here. Up until the Wii, Nintendo were never on top here, like they were in the rest yeah. of the world. It was Sega. Um, I could, well, I'd say it's probably an even kill with most of them now. I still, <laughs> obviously, Sony, oh, so PS3, 4, Xbox One is probably still, mm. you know, and, and Nintendo is kind of in the background, but it's always yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, so. the Wii uh, came out on top here because it was a completely different beast, you know, but... Um, 
uh, up until that, Nintendo were never the top seller here like they have been in America and Japan. But, and, that, and I think that was a lasting effect from when Mattel screwed up. They, they, you wanted so, they wanted so much money for it. So here, the uh, home computer market, you know, took over. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Sega did quite well with the Master System, but the home computers took over. Yeah, the Master System, I'm getting younger as we world. Play Alex Kidd built in. See, everybody I speak to, just go off. This, by the way, guys, if you listen to this podcast, thank you very much, but it might end up being like... Because <laughs> we, we, we worked out, I haven't seen you since, what, 2006? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And before that, it would have been when we left school. Yeah, so I've literally turned up kind of caught up very what spoke for about 30 minutes he was back. like hit record hit record, hit record because, because the <laughs> stories he was coming out with was like oh I'm missing yeah, it we missed just, it yeah. so yeah. we'll just see how it comes out but yeah I was just going to say the mass everybody I knew for the mass system everybody I speak to now oh yeah Alex the Kid Alex the Kid I had mm. Sonic 1 in mind yeah Sonic was great <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah because you could get one with Sonic built in the thing about that yeah. was that that was uh, late because you know Sonic was a Mega Drive game and yeah. then they bought a Master System version out for, you know, like now they put a PS4 game out and they'll do a PS3 version, which is kind of cut back and things like that yeah. for the people that haven't bought the PS4 <laughs> yet. And Sonic on Master System was basically that, you know, so I think a lot of people had Alex Kidd because Sonic didn't exist yet. Ah, there we are yeah. then. They, they, See, I didn't know that. So yeah. Although they were separate games and that was cool because yeah, Sonic for the Mega Drive was the first Sonic game but they bought out the Master System versions ah. but instead of cutting back the graphics... They were different games, learned, they had different learned, levels and I've stuff. I've just literally just learned something. So. <laughs> well, the yeah, Master System Sonic is a really good game. I, it's got uh, some... I personally might get some kickback with this, but I personally prefer the Master System version you know, to I know the Mega a lot Drive of people, version. I know a lot of so, people who do. So. Well, the Mega Drive didn't have that, that, that jungle zone and all that. You know, I remember a great stage, which actually inspired a stage in AVGN Adventures, <laughs> believe it or not. Stage in Jungle Zone where you have to climb a waterfall, jumping on the falling lights. Oh yes, I hate very that hard, <laughs> uh, very rewarding. I think off the top of my head, um, because obviously memory cards didn't exist then, at least yeah. not really at all. There might have been passwords for some games, but Sonic, I believe, didn't have any. Yeah, of that you sort had to of, beat it in one sitting, and which I did once. Nice work. <laughs> which I did once. That's my like claim to fame. Is we tell that not that you can really go to the bang of it, but you know. <laughs> I, I remember the jungle zone, especially the music, even at 8-bit. Yeah. I'm music. not going to sing it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs> no, it's catchy. It's in my head. You know, I do a note for note, man. <laughs> I was going to, but if you're not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. So, <laughs> There's yeah. actually a stage in AVGN Adventures, which is yeah. Scaling a waterfall with the with the logs coming down yeah. and everything, which was inspired directly by that stage. So, as a, yeah, that's a great game. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know the, the the home computers and Sega took over here because Mattel screwed up. And of course, you know, people, once people are into a brand, it doesn't change that much unless something in the brand changes. It took them, uh, you know, a while to crawl back here. But I was one of the few people that had the nets, and that was because a youth club that I used to go youth to. The youth <laughs> they club. still exist, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did when I was 11. <laughs> well, they, are, they, are they called Cool Zones or something now? <laughs> cool Zone. <laughs> I don't know. They are, you, we used to have No, I think uh, these days it's in, in, in a corner in a town somewhere with some drugs. Uh, or cider. <laughs> Your cider. Where, where I'm from, it tends to be cider. cider. We can't afford drugs. Are we? We can't afford. We go on from tangents of quality, man. <laughs> but, um, um, it's uh, yeah, yeah. That I, I had the that's because at the youth club, the the guy that ran the youth club, his kid had one, and he would bring his Nintendo and sit it on the side, and you could play it. And uh, just these games, just oh, they 
Sorry, that's a, <laughs> that's a thing. It sprays nice smell uh, and right. stuff in the room. I was like, I thought I was going to attack myself. <laughs> <There you are. laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, the, but yeah, these games really like captured me. You know, I mean, everybody played games a bit, but with this Nintendo, I was like, whoa, you know, and I couldn't leave the thing alone when I was at youth club. So in the end, I think I sold my Power Rangers toys to afford a, a Nintendo. The original Power Rangers we're talking about. Oh, now. yeah. The, the only way. Well, you wait where you're younger and you think the acting's amazing. <laughs> I love Pink Ranger. Man. You get older and watch an episode and go, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Neighbours was bad, but this is just like... Uh, it's great. Uh, Power Rangers is epic, man. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you know. You, some of that, I mean, my daughter now, obviously, she's only like eight months old, but like she's watching... These TV sort of cartoons, Breaking Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad. I mean, give me the finger already. It's only eight months yeah, old. Game know. of Thrones, all of them, all of them there. <laughs> so your first game, although it's not—I don't know if it's your first game or not—but you just told me that you were experimenting with it. I've got to mention my first, it. Um, yeah, Calgo. But I wouldn't say it's your first. My, yeah, game. my first um, actual um, commercial release. Okay, we'll go with that then. Yeah, yeah. on mobile, yeah, <laughs> which wanna... I downloaded and gave it a go. Cowgo uh, boom. Cowgo boom. It was really called cow boom, like kaboom. Um, ah. Your girlfriend at the time named it, but uh, there was something with um, what are they called? Uh, a Best Buy in America, and they contacted me. They had some deal called cow boom or something like that. And they were like, "Oh, you want to take it down or change the name?" I was like, "Oh, great!" Oh. So it became cowgo boom. And uh, yeah, that's um, a game. That's a thing <laughs> on phones. Uh, yeah, I gave it a go. Um, there are some cows in space. There are some cows, and they explode. It's almost like a sort of... <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, really. Like, when you click the cow, it goes boom, but then little cows come out. So it almost reminds me of like asteroids a little bit. Yeah. So um, when... Uh, see, I had Freak Zone games. I came up with the name when I was about 14, and I was making games in school um, for a bit of fun on the side with uh, some friends. So what was your first actual game that was like made? Okay, Mario vs. Sonic. <laughs> we did it. It was a fighting game, 1999. Um, you, you had Mario, you had Sonic, you made them fight. <laughs> that was it, pretty much. And you'd fight through different stages, um, and that was that. But um, this Carago Boom, so I was trying to... you inspired the Olympic Games that came out for the Wii, then? Yeah, you? exactly. <laughs> I, I called it first. Man. <laughs> Super Smash Bros, Sonic, and the Wii version, that. It's, it's a shame they're already idea. registered characters and yeah. trademarks, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, what the, 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 the Carago Boom thing is that... Uh, I uh, tried to bring that Freak Zone games back a lot, you know, throughout um, college and everything. I tried to bring it back in my spare time because I loved making games and just could never have the time to do it throughout college. But I tried and I thought, hey, maybe if I make fun little arcade games and put them on in a browser, you know, like Flash games and yeah, all that. Yeah. And the one of them that I did to, to test it was, I um, thought, well, what, what do you play in an arcade? You play Asteroids, right? And uh, so I just had a little uh, guy in a little ship and I had just, instead of Asteroids, I thought, what well, would be funny? Cows. So I just had cows floating around, and when you shoot them, they would explode and turn into two cows that were smaller, you know, like do. And, my, and my toes is going. On. Yeah, <laughs> it took. A, I think I made it in about two hours, you know, and uh, and that was. Uh, that would have that, taken me about fourteen freaking weeks. <laughs> fair enough, but, you know, but it was pixel art, and it was very very basic. But it was it was a test for about two hours. So then with mobile, I just wanted to see how do you make a mobile game and I learned but I thought well what's simple I'll try and remake the, uh, the, the, the cow exploder I think it, originally it was Moosteroids or something stupid like that Moosteroids and uh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I think I prefer that to cargo <laughs> yeah. but with the uh, with the phone version as well it's touch screen so just remove the ship and have it so you touch the cows yeah, to yeah. explode them and it was just a tapping game it's silly I, I had a friend who became incredibly addicted to it 
and she uh, she got me to uh, make an Android build and install it on her phone for her. She became incredibly addicted, but I'm not that proud of it. <laughs> but it was a bit of fun, you know. It's learning by doing, though, isn't it? Yeah. No, but the first was, it was Mario versus Sonic, and I had them fight. That was fun. And I actually uploaded it to the internet. I made, built a little website and uploaded it to the internet. People downloaded it. Then it was Freddy the Frog. Freddy the Frog. I made a little frog character, <laughs> and I still, that frog character, you can still see it. It's in the Freak Zone Games logo from the game that I made in actually I think I originally made that in like 1997 so before Mario vs Sonic but never put online never to the public so it's been something constant freezer games yeah kind of constant. think about it I suppose Freddy was probably my first game that I actually built and back in 97 but then so the software I was using at the time was called the Games Factory and um, you know I have come across it yeah yeah it's similar to Game Maker it was kind of its main rival and um, with I made this Freddy Frog game in that, and so it had this option to build an .exe file, you know, an executable, which means the file that you click on a PC to run a game. So you build the the game that that you can send to people, and back then you had to include that file and the data for the game, the actual data file, which was the document that you opened in the Games Factory to edit it. Ah, right. So of course people could just edit your game. So they included an option to protect it, which meant to block it out from people editing it. Yeah. And then what I ended up doing was I built it. And I protected it, and I didn't make a backup, so I wasn't able to edit it anymore. I was a kid; it was 1997, you know. <laughs> but by doing, yeah. So I was like, "Well, the game's finished. It's all right." So I thought, "Maybe, maybe I can put it online." Um, uh, and you know, once I have the internet, <laughs> but yeah, I think that was the year that we got the internet. So like, maybe I could put it online, and then, um, well, I'm running it, there was a game-breaking bug. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think about two years later I just remade it but different you know with, yeah. with all the stuff that I'd learned and everything so Freddy this, this little frog has uh, always been a kind of and I, I started a sequel and it's kind of Freddy's been there throughout most of Freak Zone and uh, he's going to get a game he's going to get a proper commercial game eventually it won't be called either. Freddy the Frog okay. that's probably the least original <laughs> title ever but uh, you know it's, uh, if you look you can see him and sitting on the Freak Zone Games logo is that freakzonegames.com yeah there we are, we'll look up Freak Zone. It's a little um, you're on Facebook, and you're on Facebook as well, aren't you? Yes, there's yeah. Freak Zone games on Facebook as well. I don't update that as much as Twitter, but it's there. Twitter's just quicker though. I, mean, I will admit, I reluctantly got into Twitter eventually, and I will admit, you know, and I kind of go. Oh, yeah, well, sometimes okay. it can feel like you're sort of tweeting at a brick wall until you've got like a good number of followers, but. Once you get going, it's it's awesome. I love. So Twitter. you're above me on that. I'm still kind of building mine up. <laughs> so, <laughs> it'll, so. it'll start that man, you know, and it's. I, I love Twitter. I think it's awesome. Oh, your uh, so your so your first commercial game was we said the first commercial release was yeah cow boom. boom so I think it made so about sixty quid. Um, it was good. Sixty for what quid, it is. sixty quid, man. Yeah, for, for what it is, it was pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good. You know, but I think a lot of it was people that were using because that Games Factory it graduated to Click and Create. They renamed it, and then it became Multimedia Fusion. And then Fusion, as they just call it now, uh, got an iPhone exporter. And so I was like, yeah. hell, I'll use that. I was starting to learn to code for um, uh, for iOS. But then when Fusion, I was like, well, I'll do what I know. And yeah. I think I was one of the first people to put out the uh, iOS versions of uh, Fusion games. So I think a lot of that 60 quid came from people who wanted to see what a Fusion game was like uh, on iOS. Hey, 60, if you get my point. 60, oh, yeah, again, it's all, you know, same with what I'm doing now. You know, it's all kind of learning curves and learning how to do things differently yeah. And but yeah uh, yeah the point is I was always making um, you know uh, games as a, as a hobby and uh, 
So yeah, the elephant in the room is uh, I was I've always been a massive nerd. I'm well proud of it now. But, I would say uh, it's an I think it's that's nothing. In the nineties, you... that was not good though. In, the, in fact, in the nineties, the best thing you could possibly be would be some floppy-haired little <laughs> skateboard. You know, that was what everybody wanted to sell to you. You know, yeah. Yeah, buy this product and you too could be a floppy-haired little ass <laughs> skateboard. You know, uh, dude, we've got to make it. I do a bit of video, video editing. We've got to make a, <laughs> a parody of this advert you've just concocted yes. up now. So watch out. At some point, we'll do that. <laughs> just new floppy-haired ass <laughs> skateboard kit. Just the whole bit, the clothes, the whole thing. Make you cool, you know. But, Flashing trainers sold separately. But, yeah. But then, you know, in secondary school and everything, I think uh, the problem was I discovered girls. Uh, they didn't discover me. <laughs> but, but I you just, said it, not me. Yeah, I, I discovered girls. They didn't discover me. And uh, so then most of that energy was spent on trying to make them like you. You know, trying to make them like me and everything, you know. And uh, uh, Me as well, to be totally honest. Yeah, uh, and I think you... It was a... F- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's, there's a frustration. It was a, it was a waste of time. But, you know, that's when you're a teenager, that's all you can think of. And so, you know, all of my uh, my, my nerdy interests and stuff, I just ran away from. And uh, I used to hang out with uh, with a guy, John, and he was uh, a lot nerdier than me. And that, that's, a, that's a compliment, you know, by the way. To, to I don't say think, that you know, him, nowadays it's, it's, it's accepted as a culture, you know. I always admired the guy because he uh, wasn't, he could, he could take the bullying. Yeah, you know, and and I wasn't so good at that, and so I ran away from all that stuff, and so it took a long time to get back into the stuff that I genuinely liked, rather than the stuff that I convinced myself I liked, because you know, the the, the cool people liked it, and you wouldn't get bullied if you liked it. You get my point? Yeah, no, I, no, because yeah. I'm thinking now. I mean, I'm doing this stuff now, and I don't, you know, well, might as well. It feels like a therapy session now, <laughs> but um, you know, you know, um, I wasn't exactly, you know, I tried to play football. You know, I can yeah. play football. I'm a half decent player. Mm-hmm. But there were guys. I mean, we went to school. We went to school with a lad that ended up going on to play football professionally. Um, but um, you know, it's not exactly uh, easy. I mean, you could do <laughs> make games, man. Yeah. That's cool. Thanks. That's cool. I could, you know, barely jam my hair properly. To be totally honest. <laughs> So <laughs> when I started doing that, because I like you, hmm, how can I go to like, well, he has gelled hair. I'm going to do that as well. Yeah. It didn't quite work out as well as you'd hoped, to be honest. Um, it's still an ongoing process now, <laughs> as yeah. you can see. <laughs> Nobody else can see. Hey, his hair's better gelled than mine. <laughs> well, I haven't seen yours. Yeah, all right, we'll go with Mine's that. Mine's not gelled at all. It's just, you know, it's the out-of-bed look, but taken literally. Basically, yeah. Mine's got a better look, just dimped in some gel and just upside down for 10 minutes, you know? It's done, you know? But yeah, yeah my, my, my point with this whole thing is that, uh, do you know, it wasn't. I know there's a lot of kids now who were growing up in a time when it's, uh, you know, like nerdy stuff is, is, is cool, you know? And I mean, I, I know. Gaming, gaming's like a mainstream thing now. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't know if you saw my DVDs over there, I'm, I'm big into anime, like manga films. Well, and I, I was into that in school. <laughs> yeah, you have to take a look. But I was, I was, uh, I was big into anime and manga films at school as well, and people didn't get get it because that was, I mean, it wasn't even mainstream. I think the most mainstream anime you would get was when Pokemon finally came on. I was going to say at some point that, like, you know, with all this nerdy stuff, I think Pokemon was kind of the, I wouldn't say the uh, catalyst as such, but it definitely helped mm. with the whole oh Pokemon, and yet kids that, like you said, the jock, the skateboard. Mm. They not only had the skateboard, now they had Pokemon cards or the Game Boy. And, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's well, crept its way in. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but if you had a Game Boy and you were playing Pokemon at our school, people would just come by and flick the button on the top and switch it off. 
Oh, well, I never had idea. Yeah, well, I never experienced that myself. I didn't uh, have the Game Boy, but uh, my friends did. And, uh, yeah, people would just walk by and they'd see you with it. And so they knew, they learned, you know, the, the, uh, the, the non-nerds had learned... It's like opposable thumbs all of a sudden. Yes, like. <laughs> they'd oh. learned the location of the off switch on the Game Boy, and they went by uh, flicking. Uh. Until I remember a friend of mine had the Game Boy Color, and where the off switch was on the Game Boy, on the Game Boy Color, it had it's moved. On the side. It's on the side. And in place of the off switch is now the little infrared. Uh, it was the little infrared block, and um, I just remember a guy coming past and trying to flicking up the infrared and going, ah, getting really frustrated and. Uh, we actually have one over on somebody for once. But, yeah, it's, it's cool that, uh, you know, the kids could... Because you know, I reckon we'll get people starting making games and things like that and really genuinely getting into their hobbies and passions a lot earlier. I mean, there's still bullying and there's still jocks and all that. I mean, imagine a world without jocks, just football and things cease to exist. That's not going to happen, you know? Unless, unless, you know, football just evolves into FIFA. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, most of the sports games started coming out, didn't it? For you know, yeah. Madden and FIFA, and FIFA's been going for... God knows how long now, to be totally yeah. honest. But yeah, most people most people buy Xboxes now or Playstations for a FIFA. So yeah, yeah. But the jocks have got their own games. <laughs> yeah, but that, and that's cool. I'm glad they do. You know, a game's for everybody, man. You know, but um, it's the it's the best medium because it's it's got a bit of everything. But um, the storytelling aspect of games has got mm. even if you can, well, you know, eight, you know, eight bit, sixteen bit. Even you get the role playing games back then, like you know, so Simon's Quest and all that kind of stuff yeah, going yeah. on. That had some great stories to it. Okay, it didn't have voices; you had to read it. But you know, yeah. it you know it had a story to it. It may have not been the best ever, but it it engaged you in what you were doing. So yeah. you know, essentially, that's it, what films do. They can do tell and... a story in a way that that films can mm. as well. You know, and you can. I'll give you an example. You've played The Last of Us. I haven't actually. Well, The, the Last of Us is a is is a big game on PlayStation at the moment. It's. Um, I know what I don't. I know what I But the listeners might not. I forget we have listeners. I've kind of got to that point now. The conversation is going into, going yeah. But the uh, so the, the Last of Us was uh, very popular because it, it. I think it was the first to really get that cinematic. Uh, I, I hate to use that word when talking about games, but it was that that sort of it film like uh, feel without sacrificing the gameplay because you know you get your heavy rain and you get games like that where it's like hey watch a film it's just every now and then it pauses and you have to press a button great you know <laughs> but uh, there are people like uh, David Cage I can't uh, say you can call heavy rain a game I don't think I have played yeah, it I mean it's got multiple endings and it's got decisions so you do affect the outcome but the, you know you do get the, like the director of that David Cage you can tell he wishes he was making movies but he's not because he's making games you know there's stuff like and, and uh, The Last of Us um, <clears throat> it was able to like do that that movie like storytelling without sacrificing gameplay the way Heavy Rain and the like did. And so the thing about that was that a couple of times in the game it just has you in control of a different character, even sometimes for a section where you're just walking a little bit. Yeah. And you go to question why why does it do that? And uh, you realize because it um, it kind of uh, in, say you're reading a book it could be in first person it could be in third person yeah, yeah. Uh, you're watching a movie it's usually from a you know a third person perspective from a fly on the wall a game is so, sort of a second person in a way or one, one, 1. 1.5 person because you control <laughs> a character who isn't quite you but you have agency in what they do and you kind of attach with them and in The Last of Us I found a really cool thing was that it could actually um it could actually portray the way a character was feeling by giving you control of them for that scene. Yeah. For example, I don't want to spoil anything in the game, but a character tells, just lies. He just lies to the other character, and it's an important lie. And she kind of knows he's lying. 
but just for that section, you're in control of the character he's lying to, whereas normally you're in control of him. And, and just you, you feel cheated and lied to. <laughs> so that makes sense. And I feel like that can give you a kind of empathy that a movie couldn't, even just by a change of perspective. And yeah. then you get um, what's called diegetic storytelling, which is a story which you can kind of unfold as much or as little of as you want. And that's Dark Souls and Metroid Prime are the best for those where... You could play Metroid Prime. You could uh, you could get through Samus's adventure and save um, whatever it was you had to do. Whatever her mission was, I don't remember. It's a great game, but I, I don't <laughs> recall the main mission. Uh, you could just get through Samus's mission, or you could go around using your scanner and scan everything and piece together the history of the uh, of the the, the planet yeah, that feel, you're on. Yeah, feel of you can read on. about the, the the wars in the past between the two races that were on this planet. Yeah. You can have a whole universe of story if you want, or you can pass that by. In fact, you could scan some things on one playthrough, other things on another playthrough, and find different things of the story. In Dark Souls, you can piece together an entire lore and history by looking at the description of the sword you just picked up and thinking about where you found it. You see, you see my point, and uh, you can't do that in a movie. You can't even do that in a book. You sound like an archaeologist in a game. Now, <laughs> yeah. you're kind of like, you'd, oh, well, that's cool. Because you, you obviously, when you start a game, you only same as a film, I suppose. Mm. I mean, some films, I mean, AKA Star Wars is probably you know biggest yeah. franchise of all time. Yeah. It has the titles, and it gives you like a bit of a very brief backstory of what's been going on, and you just dive right in. And the game kind of does the same thing. So, yeah, like with a game like you said, like you literally just said. You can look around and go, oh, well, then, okay. You know. I mean, with Star Wars, you can... I know there's a lot of people with Star Wars, you can like look at, I don't know, Boba Fett, the bounty hunter, and go, oh, yeah, he's got a jetpack, he's cool. Or you can then start reading the books that tell you who Boba Fett is and why and stuff. But that's not in the movie. That's going out and getting ex- expanded so, yeah. material. You know, whereas, yeah, like Dark Souls is a great example because you can just go, hey, I just fought a wolf, that was cool. Or you can go... You can look at this, this gigantic sword the wolf was protecting and where it was. And you read earlier somewhere that there was a, a warrior called Artorius. And it's like, oh, this is the sword of, of Artorius. And this wolf was his, his companion. And, uh, and it's never left that sword for hundreds of years. I can't kill this now. You, you can build it. And uh, there might be things that you never even see, but other players might. And you can, you know, it's a real water cooler thing. You can stand around and compare what you've found with what other people have found and piece it together. I think that's awesome. And I don't think many other mediums can do that. I totally agree. I can't, <laughs> I can't even add to it because I totally agree with what you say. Because um, I think gaming is still lost on a few people, mm. you know. But, you know, they see their kids playing so when I say lost on a few people generally the adults yeah. but they're getting to that point now where again sort of like our age we're becoming the adults but we still play video games yeah yeah we're taking so, it with us um, so right um, <laughs> <laughs> we've gone roughly 30 minutes um, I'll tell you what we're going to do we're going to stop it right here and uh, when we come back which will be so when this hits it will be probably the Monday after um, we're going to try and get into a bit more of <laughs> Sam's games <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and uh how he sort of started off and how and you know one thing I'm really looking forward to asking him is how he even got involved with Screw Attack and AVGN mm, James cool. Rolf Hey guys thank you very much for downloading the Benny Map podcast that was uh, part one with uh, Sam Beddows from Freak Zone Games uh, in part two we uh, talk about his uh, games he released and uh, how he got involved with Screw Attack and AVGN and you know it was great to catch up with Sam I've not seen him since uh, 2006 so it was uh, fantastic to catch up and from the moment I met him and we started talking, we didn't, you know, we talked, you know, I mean, you you hear about an hour and a half, roughly, all together, and uh, we spoke pretty much from the moment I met him until the moment I uh, 
say goodbye to him. So it was fantastic to catch up. There's a lot more me and Sam could talk about. But uh, yeah, thank you very much. That's the end of part one. Look out for part two coming uh, next Monday. Check out facebook.com forward slash the Benny Mac Network. <laughs>